something that you want for the problem here, I assume that you are tired, but I hope that you still have enough power and force and commitment to, to share, to share, to share everything. Thank you especially Clarita uh, and of course Alberto for the invitation and for giving me this wonderful possibility. Here my presentation is a little bit different uh, as we have been listening this morning. We are not go I am not going to discuss the essential philosophical questions of generality. My aim here in this presentation is try to propose how can mm, research or, or research on the neuroethics and, and neuroscience research can appeal to kids' ethics for students, especially for business engineering students. That's my, my focus in, in this presentation. So the first point is like mm, a really, really brief introduction and after education, what means um, responsible decision making. I'm not going to get in this section, but as a senior, it's really complicated, but I try to propose a, a definition <laughs> and uh, a, a useful, useful definition for, for, for our object here. Then perhaps one of the more important points here is try to try to find the, the central phase of mainstream rationality in economics and business. And that's the, from my point of view, that is the, the key point where we figure out how can neuroethics research uh, change or, or, or change um, change some some ways that we are uh, teaching business ethics or uh, ethics for, for professional life. And finally, I will propose some ch uh, challenge for for business ethics education. So one of my relevant questions for everyone who teach business ethics or try to identify why people make wrong decisions. Why normal people, no, of course we are not thinking in this pathological bad practice, I would say, but how do normal people engage in some bad practices and irregular actions that at the end bring some negative consequences for the society? And the, the, the answer to this question, why people make bad decisions, we can find a lot of, of questions, uh, sorry, and uh, a lot of answers, but the point is, what brings new, or what is the new uh, contribution for neuroethics uh, or neuroscience research? Of course, we can find a lot of books, some of them more focusing in economical and business uh, world, like Daniel Kahneman or Dan Ariely, or sorry, something like that. But there is a lot of literature about how people make decisions, and especially how, uh, how people make business decisions. So the first question is try to define what understand and what we understand by ethical decision. And ethical decision, one really, really easy definition from the point of view is presented by Jones, who defined ethical decision as a decision that is both legal and moral. That is really easy and also sensible. One proposal is understanding ethical decision making as the process of selecting and developing a way of action that takes into consideration values, interests, expectations of other people, as well as the ethical principles. Of course, we can also discuss in depth this definition, but at least we have some uh, essential traits like values, interests, expectations, etc. In a sense, and if we try to be more really, really clear and really easy, uh, um, ethical decision making means three important dimensions, taking into consideration three important dimensions. The first one is paying attention to the welfare of others. 
other people. Sympathy, empathy, or uh, do you want to talk? I want to talk social obligation, such as respecting cultural norms and values, as well as performing duties as a director or even take a position, and recognizing personal responsibility. I, I am aware that there is a lot of discussion about that, but at least I, I, I consider that that is the essential and the basic phase of what means ethical decision. So that is the definition, and now we change from uh, uh, perspective and we look at how um, economists understand what makes making decisions and what is the traditional concept of rationality in business and economics. Mm. And as I, I quoted here some famous author, but for sure that everyone knows, but perhaps the, the Four essential traits of mainstream's conception of economic rationality are these, these four essential traits. One is individualistic egoistic. They assume, and that is like a dogma, that the, a rational individual isolated from the context calculates according to their own interests. This is the traditional and superficial understanding of homo economicus, someone who has always trained to evaluate what are my interests and what are the best ways to achieve my, my, my objective of my interest and my, my aim. Mm. The second really extended characteristic of mm, rationality in business is quantitative consequentialism. The idea is that they are always trying to evaluate consequences for the decision. In this sense, the more broad ethical perspective in business and, and economics are related with utilitarian ethical perspective. In the sense that they, they are really familiar and they are really easy, they really easy understand that they have to pay attention to the consequences of, of the decision. So, Marx, of course, is always evaluating these consequences according to their own interests. And in this perspective, in positive, materialistic, and subjective, they only evaluate things that they can measure, that they can that's the possibility, uh, sorry, the positivistic perspective. They focus on facts and material empathy. So, and the four uh, essential traits from this uh, economic rationality is analytical. When they face a problem, a situation, they try to cut, they try to slice in a small pieces and try to analyze in a, in a causal relation uh, chain, shall we say. They, they, they try to identify or, or try to make a small pieces of the problem and try to analyze how they can solve this problem. So, uh, of course, there is a lot of discussion of the control of rationality in business and, and economics, but I could say, and according with Amartya Sen and other authors, that there are some essential traits on economic rationality. And that is really problematic when we try to, to teach ethics for economics students and business students, because they, during all these studies, have been deciding this idea that acting in a rational way is acting according with this, with this behavior. So, what is new now? The, the, the question now is that from the neuroscience research, we have some news, some new discovery that uh, questioning all this rationality, and really is a scientific uh, questions of, of this rationality. Mm. For instance, two questions. First is uh, the distinction that 
cognitive and decision-making processes are different from moral decision-making uh, processes. And perhaps the second one and the, the, the key point is the role that play emotions. Traditionally, in business, we believe that emotions don't play a role. We are always trying to maximize, to, ma to maximizing our utility, mm, our profit. And usually this profit is uh, symbolized or, or represented in money, for instance. Mm. So, the recent research in, neuro in neuroscience show that no, this we are not so rational, not so, I would say, interested. We are, uh, emotions play a really, really big role. So, that's, that's the idea. But if we go in depth trying to make clear what is the, the specific proposal for um, neuroscience, we can identify three important, uh, important things. And that's, that's my, 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 my proposal. One is that with this recent research in, in neuroscience, we know, we, we really know, there's a stone that we can discuss, but of there, Elsa this morning presented this idea of homo reciprocans, and here during the presentation, many other uh, presenters go back to this idea that the man is not, the man, the woman, sorry, the human being is not so individual and egoistic as we tend to think. And humans were designed for cooperation. That is green, we are not so naturalistic as green is, but this is an idea that, that, that is really, really relevant. The second point is uh, rational and self-control. We tend to think that we are really rational, that we can decide, that we know what we want, and we decide according to our clear preferences, etc., etc. But that is the idea that people have in business and economy. But reality is totally different. Uh, we are less rational than we tend to think, and of course, if we are less rational, we are also less autonomous as we as we think, as we tend to think, as we try to, to, to think. Kahneman is one example of this idea. And Dan Ariely is also relevant for this point. Uh, of course, also, we are really, really very mm, sensible to the reward system. And we are, and that neuromarketing and all this idea of mm, how to influence the, uh, the consumer behavior uh, is, is developing. I mean, we are really very sensitive to reward system, more than we tend to think. And we are really uh, big, very influenced, or we get a lot of influence for, for small strategies, for communication, marketing, etc., etc. So uh, we are not so, we have not so self-control as we tend to think. And finally, this idea of beyond comput uh, computational analysis. Every business student, economical uh, students in economics, they learn a lot of statistics and they a lot of mathematics, and they tend to think that making a rational decision is making an analytical decision, putting numbers. And there are really good examples of that. For instance, with the multi-criteria decision processes, that is very extended uh, used in, in, in engineering and, and also in, in economics, is one example of that. And so, recent research in neuroscience shows that we use more heuristic and more hermeneutic and more from frame that, that we can tend to think. So, there you can read some, some quotations or relevant articles on this point. So, 
that's the, the what, what I propose that the, this uh, idea of mm, neuroscience <coughs> brings to the traditional uh, idea of ethical, uh, sorry, mm, ration, economic rationality. We cannot go in, the, in this point, but I want, uh, I, I would like to present at least two models for ethical decision making based on the contribution from the neuroscience. Mm, uh, these uh, are called sense-making intuitions models for ethical decision-making, and they try to present, a, a, I would say, a, a step further to go far beyond this res and colder model of application of the, of the development of moral concepts. So, I don't know in depth, this is one of the models, when they present that we are not so rational as we can, and the, the key point is this intuitive judgment, that is based on the easy conclusion, which is the end, uh, <coughs> from this social dimension and from this personal situation. Other interesting and really similar models for ethical decision-making is presented by Clear and other authors. And in a sense, it's more or less the same. We have some personal constraints, situational constraints, and then we create a frame, a sense-making situation, and then we make ethical decisions. Of course, this ethical decision has also independent Influences in this sense making. How can we, how we build this sense making? How make frame this frame? He proposes that this is the, the strategy for creating this uh, sense making: emotion regulation, forecasting, self reflection, informative integration. What this author proposed is that, that that when we try to analyze how make how we make ethical decisions, we, it's not the, the correct way try to look at the reality and the ethical principles that apply to this reality. They say, no, we construct and we construct or we build all the, this ethical dilemma or ethical situation based on these questions. Emotional, for, uh, forecasting, information integration, and self-reflection. The point here is if we want to train, to train um, students for the, the could be in the future responsible managers, we need to foster these uh, qualities. So, in this way, my idea or my proposal is that uh, in we have to, to face uh, four essential challenges in, uh, in education, in, in training um, responsible managers. Mm. It's related with this system that I proposed before. Mm. And of course, it's based in this idea of emotional thought. That is not so new, but it's, it's relevant here. The four essential challenges is, the first one is analyze key moral concepts and principles in appropriate context, informed self-reflection and critical thinking. That is not strictly related with neuroscience, but these two both are more uh, are specific related to that. Integrating the emotional dimension and stimulate our moral imagination. Traditionally, if you look at how in universities we are teaching virtues, ethics, proper social responsibility, etc., in many cases we are more or less acting in a really uh, simplistic system. When we present some problem, we try to apply this criteria, this human, human rights declaration, some specific values, etc., to solve this problem. And it doesn't work. There are many research that show that teaching business ethics, responsible social um, um, 
social corporate responsibility has not really big impact in the future of the system and the future behavior of, of managers or, or business uh, students. Uh, from my point of view, one important mm, question is try to analyze and clarify the moral concern and principles in appropriate context. One problem that we face when we teach ethics to non-philosophical students is that they, they tend to to have a really superficial idea of what is ethics and the ethical state concept. And that is not a, only a question or it's not a problem of, mm, I would say, uh, knowledge. It's a pro it has practical implications because when people don't really know what it means, ethical, the difference between utilitarian, deontologian, etc., other perspectives, they tend to be more relativistic. At the end, the idea that they get is ethics is dependent on their own education, own ideas, own culture, etc. So, in a sense, uh, we have to present this idea that ethical terms are relevant for professional decision making. The problem is when they don't understand. This morning, I, when I was listening to some of the presenters uh, speaking about utilitarianism, if you ask my students what kind of mm, um, philosophical orientation they follow when they make decisions, I, I will say that everyone will answer utilitarianism because they confuse utilitarianism uh, in a really easy, uh, easy understanding, not superficial, and they understand that it's making calculus of consequences for the home and the group. But it's more like utilitarianism, like egoism. Deontology, something ideal, absolute, impossible to, to achieve, that is unrealistic, etc. Pluralism is confused with relativism, etc. So, I think that is the first challenge that we that we face. Uh, I will skip more of the stuff because I want to go to the third and fourth. The second challenge is also in important, improving self-reflection and critical thinking that is also related with um, in some way with neuroscience because we have some theoretical worldviews, we have these mental models, normative ideas that sometimes are really mm, confusing and people are not used to questioning these basic ideas. And in other mm, topics or I mean for the, for the economic and business students, they, they are not used to questioning the basic ideas of the basic principles. Uh, the third and the fourth, four challenges is integrating this emotional dimension. That is really important. This is a clear point that came from the neuroscience in development in the last two or three decades. This idea that uh, emotion is relevant for ethical decision making and emotion is an integral part of how we make decisions. And traditionally in business and economics, they tend to think that making a rational decision is making some a mathematical decision, I would say. More or less it is this idea that is logic, mathematical, not uh, influenced by, by sentiments, emotion, feelings, etc. And there are a lot of research that show it's really relevant not to separate, <coughs> not make a strong separation between emotion and feelings. And the presentation that uh, my colleague uh, presented before is going in the same way. Yeah. And finally, the fourth challenge that I, well, that I think that, that the 
neuroethics and neuroscience bring to, to teach business ethics and professional ethics is foster moral imagination and confidence. I think one that is really uh, important important question to try to show that there are other ways. Because people tend to think that um, ethical decision is dual. It's something you have to yes or no. And in many cases, making an ethical decision is not a question of yes or no. And that's because I agree with the presentation uh, before from, from my colleague when they questioning the idea of this, this um, dramatical dilemma where there is the, the like the trolley dilemma for um, for for ethics itself. I mean, for some specific object, it will be relevant. For teaching ethics, I don't consider it because there is a, an, a spontaneous decision that you have to make in a few seconds, and the idea that it's one or two. There is not other options. When the reality, the moral problem that my students will face in the future, they will have more broad possibilities to make one or the other thing. So in this way, I think that this idea of foster moral imagination is, is really important. And following um, well, some authors, we can overcome some of these, uh, I will say, cognitive strategies that make not easy to, to make uh, ethical decisions. So in a sense, that's, that's my idea, that this is a growing process. I have to, to grow more on it. But the idea is that if we want to teach responsible and ethical business students or, or engineering students, mm, it's positive to take into consideration the conclusion of some neuroscience research. And we can perhaps think new ways for increasing the responsibility and, and the ethical commitment of our students. So, that's all. Thank you.